Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're talking about the Kingdom of God, and we're talking about the Kingdom of God in relationship to Malachi. Malachi had a problem with the priests, the priests of Israel. I just heard a little bit of a program before this, talking about the Messiah's way and the crafty ways of Paul. Paul was right on. He understood, finally, what Judaism, at that time, should have been all about. He realized this because he finally understood the gospel of the kingdom as uh, preached by Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, etc. John the Baptist said, people were talking about John the Baptist until John the Baptist, people were trying to take the kingdom of God by force or the kingdom of heaven by force. And of course the word heaven there, which is only used by Matthew, is actually best translated world, the kingdom of the world. Christ was bringing a new world order, which was the old world order of God, that was meant for man from the beginning. Now, there were entities that did not want to see man succeed as having dominion on this planet. They they wanted to craftily seduce man into thinking that he could decide for himself what was good and evil, and make man fall away from the wisdom of God, trying to follow his own wisdom, his own personal knowledge of things. And, of course, that's what the Pharisees were doing. They they had read the Torah and they had calculated out that we were supposed to be, you know, doing all these 700 rules or 600 and whatever it is, rules of Moses. When those statutes of Moses were just pointing to the way, they weren't trying to create the binding laws. Remember, the key to the kingdom of heaven is what you bind on earth and what you loose on earth and what you bind in heaven and bind, uh, and loose in heaven. And how you do that, if you want to be loosed from the sin of judgment, you have to forgive. If you want to be loosed from the sin of selfishness, and greed and covetous practices, you have to set up the communion of Christ, which is free will offerings, or what they call in the New Testament charity. This is what the Pharisees had screwed up. As they had read the same Torah as the Essenes, but the Essenes knew that for one thing, the animal sacrifice was a fiction and a fraud. The, their there was animals that were sacrificed, but nobody piled them up on dead stones and set them on fire to make God happy. That's not what the language says, and we go through in great detail showing people exactly what the language was trying to tell you before the Pharisees got a hold of it and the Masoretic text got a hold of it and and uh, the Septuagint. Which was, you know, Septuagint was translated by 70 government paid scholars. <laughs> and the Masoretic text was provided by people following the Pope. And, and the King James Bible was translated by men, uh, that King James put in power to translate the Bible. Meanwhile, King James 
was committing about every sin in the book. <laughs> so, uh, the fact is, is they even said when they translated it that this is the best we can do under the circumstances. Well, considering the fact that previous kings had cut out, had men get their tongues cut out and set on fire because they translated a Bible in the way that they didn't like. And so, that, all things considered, King James is still pretty good. I use it all the time. But the key is not the translations of men, but the transformation of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is working on your heart and your mind, you know that the kingdoms of the world try to establish the utopia of the world through force. Either they get you to sign up where you now can have your contributions forced, not free will offerings anymore, now forced. Or you could do it the way John the Baptist does, is that if you have two coats and your neighbor has none, you share. That's charity. He wasn't doing it by force. Everybody else was doing it by force. Certainly Caesar was doing it by force. Certainly Herod set up a system of force, both, both, force, both in the temple in Jerusalem and the temple of Roma. He built both temples. He, he built the, the temple of Roma for people who didn't want to have anything to do with the, you know, the traditions of the Jews and all that stuff. They thought it was all kind of goofy. They liked Roma. They had this real cute gal and her statue was up there and, and it was supposed to be all about, uh, success and prosperity, you know, kind of a prosperity gospel kind of thing. And so they all went to the Temple of Roma. Besides that Temple of Roma, he didn't have to do any of that circumcision stuff. Half the people in Jerusalem weren't necessarily doing the circumcision stuff. I shouldn't say half of the people uh, in Jerusalem. In Judea, yeah, maybe. There was a lot of people that weren't doing that. There were some people who were doing it. But uh, there was almost nobody doing the circumcision of the heart. This is the key. What is the circumcision of the heart? Everything in the Bible is filled, every verse almost, is filled with metaphors and double meanings and everything. Often meaning exactly what they're saying, but there's an extra meaning, extra layer of meaning. Paul was talking to you about things hard to understand. And of course... That means a lot of people who read Paul don't understand him. And one of the major reasons we talked about this morning on the show for two hours that they do not understand people like Paul is because they don't understand the people like Moses. They don't understand the golden calf was the central bank that was meant to bind the people together by binding the wealth of the people together. They don't understand that. They, they think the Sabbath is about counting six days and taking a rest on the seventh. Sabbath is about debt. Work first, then enjoy the fruits of your labor. What do they do today? They borrow against the future of their children to have their benefits today. There isn't a Sabbath keeper out there. <laughs> they don't keep the Sabbath. That You can go down to the, well, the U.S. debt clock and you just watch that clock just zooming up. And there's your evidence. Nobody's keeping the Sabbath. They're not working first and enjoying the fruits of their labor. They're just enjoying the fruits of their grandchildren's labor because their grandchildren are the ones going to have to pay for it. See, that 
they don't understand the basics of the Old Testament. So how in the world can you understand the basics of the New Testament? So anyway, that being said, I don't know if those people are still listening or anything. <laughs> I know that our callers are starting to come on the line. So anyway, we're going to go get into chapter 4 of Malachi. And uh, just a really quick review. Uh, if you go back to uh, uh, chapter 1, uh, I put extra footnotes in there. The, the word translated torn uh, is in Genesis 21-25. Violently taken away. And in Genesis 31, 31. Take by force what was happening that the priests were screwing up. Because the priests were the social welfare of Israel. You contributed to them with free will offerings. You've got to pick the minister of your choice. But everybody sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Now you could, you could give to the minister of your choice. And you could also give to another minister that you really liked. And you thought he was doing a really good job. You give to him directly or you could give to him to your minister to give to him because the fact is they were going to drop it in the mail. Your minister was local. And he was connected with nine other ministers like himself. And they were, they picked a minister and he was connected with nine other ministers like himself. And these people are, would be called overseers because a minister of a minister who's a minister of ten, that minister, that original minister, is overseeing the ministry to a hundred because he serves ten ministers of ten. And his minister sends, serves a thousand. And so he is an overseer of the ministry of a thousand. He usually does it through, directly through the ten below him because they didn't have phones. They're not going to call up a guy on the other side of the country. But this is how they organize their entire nation. The same organization of love and caring and charity was the same organization in in the way in which they were organized that would be their local militia in time of war. And you would show up to defend your neighbor because you cared about your neighbor because the other 360 days out of the year you were caring for your neighbor through charity. And he was caring for you and your grandkids and your children and your cousins because you are bound together by faith, hope, and charity. But the world wants to bind you together with force and fear and fealty. And lately they've had a heyday with fear. COVID fear. Yeah, I just put together, I, you know, if you go to any of our website at Preparing You, any of our webpages at Preparing You that talk about the coronavirus or vaccines, I, I put a, a template down there at the bottom that will connect you to a lot of our other articles so that you can see that there's a theme here. But the science page is really pretty good. I'm still going to probably add a few more things to that page. And we call it the science because everybody says they're following the science. And yet science is far from them. They're not really, that the top scientists don't say what they're saying. Top scientists in the world, top scientists in Germany, top scientists in the United States, they're saying something else. And if they come out and say it out loud and it gets onto the internet, then you know the censors, Facebook and all these and Snopes and everybody tries to trash what they say and close it and censor it. But if you were doing what Christ said, 
actually doing what Christ said, which Paul preached Christ first, if you were actually doing what Christ said, you'd be organized in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, and you would not need the Internet to get the truth out. You would already be connected in a living network of faith, hope, and charity. But you're not doing it like the early church. You're certainly not doing it like Christ said. You're all doing your own things because you think religion is what you think about God and religion is actually the pious performance of your duty to God and your fellow man and according to what God says and according to what Jesus Christ said and according to what Moses said, your duty is to love your neighbor as yourself and I don't know how you could take care of your neighbor if you're not sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands like he commanded. The only time he commanded the people was to sit down in the ten hundreds and thousands. He commanded his disciples to make you do it. And like I said this morning when I was reading in Malachi 3 and Malachi 2 and talking about the windows of heaven, they're not going to open up for you if you aren't going to do what Christ said to do. Now, you're not going to do it perfectly. He says, he will Make up the difference. He will bestow the extra blessings upon you. But you, as an individual, have to be actually seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness with your tithes and your free will offerings. Because as it is now, you're cursed, it says in Malachi 3. With a curse. Because you have robbed me. You have robbed God. Because you have robbed his children. You've robbed the widows and orphans. You, you, you've robbed your neighbor. So you can have free benefits. You're not bringing your tithes into the storehouse of righteousness. I said we probably should do a, a study on the word storehouse there. So you can understand what they're really talking about. Most of you do not understand what they're really talking about. <laughs> because because your pastors are brutish. They're brutish pastors. They're, they're saying it's okay to seek your welfare through the use of force. Yeah, They're, they're saying it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods as long as you do it through government, through you know, social security and welfare and and disabilities and stimulus checks. We have a page on stimulus. The stimulus from hell because it's dragging you more and more guaranteed into the bondage of Egypt, which is where everybody is at. Because they haven't been following Christ. They haven't been following Moses. They haven't been following John the Baptist. They haven't been following Paul. And they certainly haven't been in the minister's those brutish pastors certainly haven't been following Malachi, who was a messenger for Yahweh. What we talked about this morning, explaining what the heck that was all about. So anyway, this word storehouse, I won't go into it in any great detail, but it could mean treasures, treasury. It's translated storehouse about three times, but 61 times it's translated treasuries. So where do you where do you put the treasure of your tithes? Do we all send them in to uh, Fort Knox and have all our tithes put in? Because I mean, obviously you're all using just weights and measures. 
you're not using notes or dead notes or anything like that, right? Or iron coin or lead coin like they did in in Sparta. You're not doing any of that stuff, would you? Because you'd be all breaking the laws of Moses then. <laughs> but but the fact is is that you it's it goes much deeper than that. We can't go into that explanation. But we have lots of articles and audios explaining, you know, why you don't own your land anymore. You don't have dominion. Over your land. You don't have dominion over your children. You don't own your children anymore. Parents Patria. U.S. Code. Uh, I think it's Title 15. Is it Title 8? Section 15 or Title 15? I think it is. Parents Patria. Go look up Parents Patria at preparingyou.com and uh, it will explain it. Parents Patria. It's Latin. And it's in Latin in the U.S. Codes. They talk about it. It's when the state becomes your father, providing all these benefits and and welfare. That's that's what they mean, the fathers of the earth. And you're not supposed to pray to your fathers of the earth. You're supposed to be praying to the Father in heaven for your welfare and for your health care and for, you know, if you need help taking care of your parents. You, you can't quite do it. It, it costs you extra or, or maybe you need somebody else to help you with that. Well, you should be going to church. And the church should be making up the difference. And if you've been a good, loving member of the community, your community would step forward. They don't know how to do that anymore because you've been, for a, for a century now, you've been getting farther and farther away from the kingdom. So anyway, the point was in that same verse that talked about the storehouse, it also talked about the windows of heaven. What are the windows of <laughs> You know, the same word that's translated window, it's also translated chimney. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, what do they mean? The chimney of heaven <laughs> shall be opened up? Uh, it's It's supposed to mean lattice. You know, an opening where, uh, you know, like where smoke escapes or whatever. But this is, you know, the, the windows of heaven are supposed to open up. If you're seeking the righteousness, if you do it the way God wanted you to, if your priests aren't like the priests down in the Social Security or the Welfare Office or all these places you go to to get all these benefits from the fathers of the earth, which you're not even supposed to do, well, then... What's going on? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, your blessings are supposed to come down this window or chimney or whatever it is. And uh, we'll, we're not going to tell you what all that means right now. I'll just let you fathom it and think about it. But we have this page, Malachi, and I'll be adding to it. It's actually five pages. It's starts off with an introduction to Malachi and then there's a page on each individual chapter. And we have a sidebar that will explain some of the things that uh, I'm not really explaining in too great a detail. But basically, today, your brutish pastors are like the priests at Malachi. They're not doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. They're, you're, you're not taken care of by your ministers. They're not providing real services they're providing you with a strong delusion. That's that's what's going on in your churches. Because if you actually need the benefits that used to come to you by way of free will offerings 
in charity, in love, you don't go to church to get them like we did 150 years ago in America. You go to the government. This is a big change. And they tried to make the change a thousand years ago. And some people stood up against it. But you won't know the history of those people like Lady Godiva. You won't know how she stood up against the idea of taxing your neighbor to provide you with education, libraries, hospitals. She said, we can't do that. It would destroy us as a people. And she took up her own wealth and she stripped herself of her own wealth. hundred years after her death, some monk who wanted the benefits of kings who exercised authority one over the other to take up a collection to give to his monastery. He wrote this story about Lady Godiva stripping down naked and riding through the streets. And people looked at that story and the painters painted their paintings and nobody ever knew what she was really up to. She's not alone. And there was a lot of people that have seen this. I mentioned this morning, Davy Crockett. They wanted to pass a bill to provide charity for somebody who didn't have a right to the money unless, of course, the government gave it to her. But the government didn't have a right to get into the charity business because the government is not a charitable institution. It's an institution of force. But everybody eventually, after Davy Crockett passed and, you know, FDR came in, LBJ came, they decided to create the kingdoms of the world by force. Well, it wasn't going fast enough for them, so they invented the coronavirus. <laughs> and then they fabricated a pandemic. And now they're coming upon the Great Reset. And you guys are still arguing in your about your Bibles, but you haven't done what Christ commanded. Sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and care about one another as much as you care about yourself in a righteous way. Because that's what it means to seek the kingdom and the righteousness of God. To do it through love and charity. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to do that. And if you actually willingly do that, then God may open up those windows and bring in the light of wisdom. Take the scales off your eyes and allow you to be blessed instead of cursed. But if you're going to keep resisting and putting it off, well, then you're pretty much on your own. So in Malachi 4, it goes on and starts with verse four, verse 1. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts. That's good news, and that's bad news. But it's bad news for everybody who was a part of those doing wickedly. So what is doing wickedly? Wasn't that coveting your neighbor's goods through the exercising authority of men who rule one over the other like you guys do out there in the world? See, one of my contentions is that all the prophets were saying the same thing. This this is repeated over and over again in the Bible. People read... I know guys who read the Bible from beginning to end. 
every year. They read the whole Bible. They don't get this. They read it, but they don't get this. It's so basic. Peter said it. Paul said it. James said it. Why aren't you getting it? Verse 2, But unto you that fear my name, his character, his way, shall the Son of Righteousness, as you in Son of Righteousness, arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. <laughs> okay. We had a calf in the stall out there. It was a twin. And uh, we've been bottle feeding it. And I built a pen between the radio show this morning and the radio show this afternoon. I built a pen out and back. And we're going to put them out and back as we need this space for all the lambs being born. I did a video today. I don't know if I'll upload it on our YouTube. But uh, uh, Gregory Williams YouTube. I may upload it and see. I don't know. I haven't done that. Did it with my phone. And uh, we'll see how it turns out. Maybe I'll do more of those if it turns out okay and I can upload it. But anyway, this idea of fear of my name, according to my name, coming together in my name, it's coming together in the character of Christ. If if you're looking for benefits from men who exercise authority, who borrow against the future of your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren, so that you can have benefits today rather than work first and enjoy the fruits of your labor after you've earned them, well... You're in a lot of trouble because you aren't keeping any of the commandments. You're not even trying to. As a matter of fact, by policy, you're breaking almost every single one of them. You certainly aren't seeking the righteousness of God because God would never do that. But what is this healing in his wings? Well, actually, that has several meanings. You'd be surprised at the, the totality of that. Maybe if you live long enough, you'll get that surprise. Grow up as calves of the stall. The calf's out there in the stall. We bring him the milk. (laughs) He doesn't have... Most of the calves are out on the desert now. Had another calf this morning. And uh, mother was keeping them all tucked away in the bushes. But uh, they're out there in the cold. They're out there in the wind. And they have to follow their mothers around, you know, because their mothers don't chase after them. But... If you were doing what God, he would bring to you, like calves in the stall, that which you needed, the blessings that you need. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. He's going to do it. He's going to fix this. There's really hard times coming. But you cannot do enough to prepare for the hard times coming. Unless you do what Christ commanded, which is set down the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start caring about your neighbors as much as you care about yourself. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Moses said that first. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't come up with that. It was already, because God is the same yesterday. It was already the law. And the whole law. Love God, which is a giver of life. So you also have to love giving life. And then 
You have to love your neighbor as yourself. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb, for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. So everybody says, oh, I start, gotta start keeping the statutes. I know a guy who did that. Pretty smart guy. Really like him. He called me up one time on the stage and pointed me out and everything, but then I heard later on he was gonna keep the Passover by killing a sheep and roasting it. Well, evidently he didn't read the fine print. You were supposed to skin it first and <laughs> take the guts out and clean the guts out and then roast it. You don't put it on whole. They say whole, but they don't mean whole that way. Well, you, you take the guts out, you wash the guts, and then you put the guts back in after you've cleaned out the entrails. Pretty easy to do these days with a garden hose. Not so easy back then. But they did it back then. And the reason why is there's a lot of fat in that, and that'll keep your meat from drying out. But the other reason is if you don't do that, you're going to have gaseous explosions. <laughs> but anyway, these people who think they're Messianic Jews or uh, Messianic, uh, you know, uh, where they're going to try to keep all the traditions of the Pharisees, no, you want to keep the traditions of early Israel who had no king, who gathered together in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. They did not rule one over the other, but their entire government was supported through charity, through free will offerings, through caring about one another as much as they care about themselves. They weren't isolated little sects or groups that were only seeing things this way. They came together, provided for one another, and worked out their individual salvation with fear and trembling because they understood the character of God and the character of Christ even back then. Even, you know, uh, Gideon. I and my family will not rule over you. Jesus was not going to... Three temptations of Christ. We have an article up on that. Look up temptations at preparing you. So, verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Because you don't want, right now the earth is going to be smite, it's already, they've already started smiting the earth with a curse. These vaccinations, the shots, they're a curse. They're going to cause unbelievable, untold harm in society. Thousands, maybe millions upon millions will die. Horrible deaths because of it. And it is contagious. I am convinced that it is contagious. It can pass at least through bodily fluids to other people. You you can't get a blood transfusion anymore. Nobody's going to keep track of, well, did this blood come from somebody who got the injection? They're not going to tell you. 
Because there's nothing wrong with the injection. It's perfect. It's okay. It's it's wonderful. It hasn't been tested. They have no idea the long-range consequences. Supposedly have no idea. They actually do have an idea. Because all the other mRNA shots that they created in the past all had similar side effects. Infertility and death. And I, I firmly believe that some people, that's their goal. It's the great reset. You know, we don't even have to send you to Siberia. You run down and get the vaccinations that they call vaccinations, which are not really vaccinations. You need to listen to Malachi and do what Malachi says, which is listen to the Lord. Do what Christ says. Seek the righteousness of God. But you aren't doing that. You're going the other way. You're doing contrary to the decrees of Jesus. He said you weren't to covet your neighbor's goods. Paul said you weren't to covet your neighbor's goods. Peter certainly said that if you do covet your neighbor's goods and and get into the the covetous practices of the world, desiring benefits at the expense of others, and depending for your livelihood on the property of others, if you do do that, you would become merchandise. Today we would say human resources. You would also curse your children with tons and tons of debt because of your covetous practices. You've done that. Now, is that what you wanted to hear? No, probably not. You wanted to hear that you're saved because you love Jesus. But I'm not one of those brutish pastors. I'm a shepherd of the flock of Christ, of those who will hear the voice of Christ. If you hear the voice of Christ and what I'm telling you, go to Preparing You and join the network. Go to HisHolyChurch.org. Same links. Join the network. And once you join the network, which is email groups based on geography, then seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which means to join the living network. Sit down in the tens, hundreds, hundreds and thousands and start caring about one another as if your soul depended upon it. Because it does. Can we discern between righteousness and the wicked? The wicked are... Well, you know, it's really hard to discern between the righteous and the wicked when you're the wicked. (laughs) Without at least having the humility of confession. You know, you have to confess to yourself and to others that you do error. That you have not been following the ways of Christ. You've been taking care of the needy in your society, but through forced contributions, through the foolish taxation of the forced offerings that we saw from Saul. Your kingdom will not stand. That was already, your U.S. was already doomed. It, it was doomed under FDR. It was compounded, dooming itself under LBJ. And now, you think that this has all come about because of Dominion machines? Because the vast majority of people in America wanted Biden and not Trump? You think 
that if he'd only got Trump in, things would change. Why? It would still be, you're back to normal. Is back to the bondage of Egypt. You're back to normal is still caring more about what you get out of government than what you bring in communion and free will offerings to your community. Now I know there's a lot of people out there very sacrificial in their approach to community. They do a lot of stuff for their community. But Christ didn't say, go out and do a lot of stuff for your community. He said to his disciples that he commanded that they make the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands because he knew it was going to be absolutely essential to create a social welfare system during the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. And like I mentioned this morning, Klaus Schwab, before he wrote the book, The Great Reset, he wrote the book, The Fifth Industrial Revolution which is just a continuation of, you know, first, second, third Reich, fourth Reich, fifth Reich. Well, there's going to be a decline and fall. And it may happen rather quickly. It could go on for years and years, but I don't think so. I think it's it's going to get bad, real bad, for a short period of time. Then it's going to get really, really bad for a short period of time. And then it's going to get so bad that the only ones who survive are those who live under the window of heaven. Whatever that is. (laughs) I'm not telling you. (laughs) Not until you get, you know, Christ warned that you, you can't cast pearls to swine until you're sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. I'm not giving you no bread and fish. Why should I? You know, because that Jesus wouldn't. I got to follow his example. There wasn't going to be any sharing until everybody got organized. Because it's the only way you can do good sharing. Because people are liars. Not all people. In my haste, I don't want to say all people are liars like David did. David said, in my haste, I said, all people are liars. You don't want to be that. So, anyway, we talked this morning about widows and orphans and and how we've been robbing the widows and orphans and the false swears. You know, what do they mean, false swears? What, what, what is that? Should we go look at that a little bit in the uh, context of uh, the gospel and, and uh, Malachi? I mean, Jesus said, swear not. Not at all. Uh, James said, above all else, stop the taking of oaths. We still do that all the time in this country. You gotta do it to join the army. You gotta do it to, you know, to apply for things. You're signing under penalty of perjury. That's more than yes. He says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more than that cometh of evil. Now I'm not saying you're evil because you did that. I'm saying that it can come of evil. That you're doing that on a regular basis. It is very dangerous to do that. It empowers somebody. Because you're swearing your allegiance to some other external authority. So what is that all about? 
And why is he, why is he in this, uh, one verse talking about false oaths? What, what is, um, Malachi trying to say with this? You know, he, he said that you robbed him and let's see, what was it? Was it in verse five? Yeah, verse five. And I will come near to you. To judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers. There's a word, sorcerers. What are the sorcerers? Do we have a lot of sorcerers anymore? <laughs> Do you know any sorcerers? What, what's the word there? Now, in, in the Greek, it might be something like pharmaceutica, but we're in the Hebrew now. So when they say sorcerer, you know, they translate that same word as sorcerer or witch or witchcraft. But what does it really mean to practice some form of sorcery? See, it says it's a primitive word. And it's, uh, what is it, kuf shen pai. So that's that's what it is in basic. They probably add a few letters in order to get more meaning. And I don't have time to look that up. But... Uh, you know, it comes in several different forms, and uh, it is translated sorcerer or sorcery, and uh, it is uh, similar to uh, other words that uh, have almost the same letters, but they'll change the last letter to a resh, and that means right or prosper or succeed. So, is that associated with the same word as sorcerer? And if they uh, they translate a similar word in the Greek into pharmaceutica and pharma, pharmakia, um, where they're they're using uh, extra powers or influence drugs in order to gain an influence or power over others, because now this is all associated with adulterers. And again, what is an adulterer? Most of the time when you see the word adultery in the Bible, they're talking about national adultery. They're not talking about sexual adultery. They're talking about adulterating a contractual relationship with others, often including idolatry. Well, what is idolatry? Well, if you're eating the free bread of Rome, which is provided through the temples of Rome, that was considered idolatry. But you're now often eating the free bread of the United States that is offered through the government buildings of the United States. What is the difference between that and what you're doing today? Because that... The funds used to provide those benefits were collected by force, often from the enemies, but also from the people themselves. And uh, you do the same today. And that is a covetous practice. So the other thing was oppressing the hireling, and we talked about that this morning. If you have to pay 20% of your income to the government before you even see it, it's taken out of your check, you're back in the bondage of Egypt. If they take 1% more than 20%, one-fifth, 
like it was in the bondage of Egypt, then it's worse with you than it was in Egypt. (laughs) So anyway, and so you are back in that bondage of Egypt. But anyway, so I'm looking at the time to see if we have enough time. Yeah, we can look a little bit more. This is pretty important. And not only are you, you, and you're not getting all the provisions of government provided by those taxes that they take out of your wages. And they have a legal right to do it. I'm not questioning their legal right to do it. They have that legal right because you've made a covenant with them. You signed up. And we go through this in great detail in the book Covenants of the Gods. I could go through it in even more detail, but I tried to reduce each chapter down to about 5,000 words so you didn't get lost in it. Basically, there was no income tax on wages and salaries of individuals. There was on fiduciaries before Social Security. I mean, if you were making $10,000 a year back in 1929 you could buy three homes with that money those three homes today would cost you like $600,000 or more so you would have to make $600,000 a day before you owed a dime in income tax and if you with Social Security, you had to pay like, what, was it 1.5% of your wages into Social Security? Now it's 14%. Because it's graduated sin. <laughs> and if you want the benefits that that supposedly provides, then you're coveting your neighbor's goods. But the reality is it doesn't provide any benefits. It just pays the interest on the loan that you have, the money you borrowed through the Federal Reserve, and you're now surety, your labor is surety for that debt. The labor of your children is surety for that debt. Even though you were told not to be a surety, but you are a surety for that debt. Because you weren't keeping the Sabbath. Because you were willing to borrow against the future to get benefits today. Which is the antithesis of what the Sabbath is all about. And then you're over there counting days and counting out your calendar and thinking somehow or other you're obeying the laws of God. You're not obeying the laws of God by counting six days and then taking a day of rest off while you're running up a debt so fast you can't even see the numbers going by. Come on. Isn't that what Biden always says? Come on. Give me a break. <laughs> The problem is, I'm not going to give you a break. But a break is coming. I'm going to tell the truth. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And the way of the Lord is not a covetous practice. It's not the way of force. It's not the way of oaths. And this false swearing. You know, when we read that false swearing. Deceptive. Disappointment. Falsehood. A lie. Something that's dishonest. See, you say, Lord, Lord, that you're following Christ, but then you swear oaths in order to get benefits from men who exercise authority in covetous practices that take away from your neighbor to provide you with benefits. Borrow against the future of your children to provide you with benefits. No, you have gone the wrong way and there is no way you can be saved of your own power. 
You just have to repent, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness with your whole mind, heart, and soul, and God will open the windows of heaven. He will provide the salvation and the destruction of them that go about devouring who they will. Remember when we talked about that this morning? And and where else do they talk about devouring who they will? <laughs> the beast who devours. Of course, the beast is this composed of all, you know, the people around you who are willing to take a bite out of you so that they can have benefits. The question is, are you willing to take a bite out of your neighbor out of your children, out of your grandchildren, so that you can have benefits today? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Are you willing to do that? You know, in Exodus and Genesis and Leviticus, they have these words, devoured. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. You know, he talked about stubble. We just read that. You ever see fire go through hay stubble? It goes, that hay stubble is dry, and that fire goes through it quick. Just, if it just, and we had a, we were doing a branding once, and we had a fire start. It was on somebody else's place. And, uh, man, we had to get that fire out quick. And I had an old pair of pants in the, in the truck, and I just went by and just beat it out. <laughs> With an old pair of pants. I always thought that was the best thing I ever had for putting out a fire. You just hold it by the ankles and you just whack it and whack it and whack it. You can do that with a stubble fire. You can't do that with a timber fire. But anyway, all through the Bible it talks about devouring this and devouring that. In the New Testament they talk about you. Do you Be careful you do not bite one another lest ye be devoured. And... And we were even warned in in Proverbs, it is a snare to the man who devoureth that which is holy and after vows to make inquiry. (laughs) That's you guys. You take your oaths, you take your benefits, and then afterwards you're wondering... Do we owe anything? I remember the people that were going in, you know, at the the Capitol building when they were moving back. I saw guys moving back. It was on video. I wasn't there. I didn't go down there. That's their Capitol building. They're opening up barriers and and calling the people forward. And I thought, like, what are they doing? And and the protesters are all behind the barriers and they come forward as not the protesters. The the guards move the barriers. And they came forward and then next thing you know, from the same video, they're ushering them in through the doors. And the guards are holding the doors open. They've moved back and they've held the doors open. The people are coming in. And one guy says, I've said this so many times, but you never know if we've got some new listener. The guy says, should we go in? Is it, it could be a trap or he he said something about it being a trap. Maybe it's a trap. Admiral Akbar should have told you that's a trap. <laughs> so anyway, and the fact is, is you know, that's that's what it is. It's a trap. The benefits are a trap, and and they're snaring you. 
which is what I was going to read in Proverbs. And uh, it is a snare to the man who devoureth that which is holy. That which is separate. That's what holy means. Whenever you see that word holy, it means something separated out. And after vows to make inquiry. And, you know, eating things offered to idols. What is that all about? There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth are knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from amongst men. Well, everybody is in need of knowing the truth. And the truth is, we have our work cut out for us. We won't be able to do it all. But if God comes and finds us occupied in the doing of His will, He will extend His grace accordingly. But if you continue to go the ways that Samuel warned you, continue to try to find the perfect leader, the rightful leader, the rightful ruler to rule over you, you have that. Christ. But he would not rule over you. Like Gideon, I and my family will not rule over you. That is what you need. I'm not going to rule over you, but I'm not going to spare you the truth either. We just have to get this message out to as many people as possible and let the chips fall where they may. Hopefully, this, the, his sheep hear his voice and gather together in faith, hope, and charity. So, anyway, uh, so where else does it talk about devour one another? We see it in Matthew. Well, well we just read it in Malachi uh, 3.11. But in Matthew 13:4, And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. So I'm sending out the truth. Some seed may not fall on fertile ground. People will not even get it, and the birds will eat it up. But in Matthew 23:14, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. How many people in your church devours widows' houses? You all say, not us, because that's a theme throughout Malachi is that when he asks these questions, they say, what are you talking about? We're not doing anything wrong. But they are. They were devouring widows and orphans. They were devouring their houses. You got, in your state, you got inheritance tax, you're devouring widows and orphans. In your state, do you, you know, there was a woman in Pennsylvania, husband paid off their house, had no, no mortgage on it, but he died of a heart attack. She didn't speak English very good, and she uh, ended up falling behind in taxes because the house was paid off. But now she was the sole breadwinner, and she had to come up with the money to pay the taxes. She fell behind. The state sold her house at auction for a fraction of its actual value, and then. Somebody came to move her out. And she was only missing a couple years of taxes. 
And the reality was she knew she was behind on taxes and she started trying to pay it. When they sold her house at auction, she was only $6 in arrear. She thought she was completely paid up, but evidently there was interest and penalties she didn't know about. And she still owed $6. And having the language barrier, she didn't realize it. But they sold her house at auction. The state did. The county did. Because she was $6 in arrears. And you all went to church in Pennsylvania and sang your songs and your long prayers. Because you haven't been dealing with the weightier matters. Remember when Christ condemned them for not dealing with the weightier matters? Can you all name what the weightier matters? I went all around the country, church group after church group, and I asked everybody, what are the weightier matters? Christ listed off the weightier matters. What are they? Pastors, congregants could not name them. Finally, it was actually in Minnesota, I asked that question, and somebody answered it. Because he listens to the program on a regular basis. <laughs> so I said, well, you, you got that from me, didn't you? And he admitted he did. <laughs> Honest man. <laughs> but do you know what they are? Can you list them off? Because Luke said in 2047, which devours widows' houses, and for a show make long prayers, the same shall receive great damnation. Yeah, it goes on Second Corinthians one twenty, but eleven twenty. You'll have to read those yourself because we're out of time. So until then, until we meet again, which should be really soon if you're not on the network already. Uh, I've got a lot of things going on behind the scenes in the network that most people won't see. But uh, until then, peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.